This podcast is brought to you by FormKeep. Form endpoints for designers and developers. No iframes, JavaScript embeds, or CSS overrides. Try out our sandbox mode before you buy at formkeep.com. So a thing happened yesterday. What happened? A thing. Oh. Some some announcement or something or other. Yeah, it was this is the uh WWDC week and um the time we're talking now. Maybe the episode will come the week after. But right now it is the week it's the day after the opening keynote. Exactly. So I would say that's the uh, more publicity keynote, right? There's a, another keynote that's more for developers. So is it later on this week? No, actually, they did both yesterday. So uh, they do the keynote, which is more like uh, user-facing features and basically like for the press. And and they do another one, which is called State of the Union, which is for developers. And that one usually. The State of the Union is actually what people are coming for to WWDC. They're, most of them are developers, so they care a lot more about what's what new stuff they can use rather than what new things users can use. Yeah, that happened it's, yesterday. It seemed like a, a bunch of APIs got opened up yesterday. From like The only thing that I watched was the media, the keynote. Yeah, the first one. And it seemed like from that that they were opening up a bunch, but... They are actually. So they have a Siri API now and a, sorry, Messages API. Yep. And Maps API. They have a bunch of basically APIs that they added to iOS so that you can integrate with the system. I think that's cool. iOS 10 doesn't look that much different it's not the ios 6 to 7 transition it's more like ios 9 but with some subtle changes there is more focus on typography in some of the apps at least in music and and news there was clearly like more focus on type hierarchy which is actually interesting. I'm not sure if it's a successful attempt, but at least I think it's a good attempt. Have you had a look at that? I saw what they put on the keynote. It's interesting how they're starting to integrate the bold version of San Francisco. Yeah. I think it I, I think it looks pretty nice. Yeah, I agree. In some areas it looks a bit like not polished enough, like some some line heights and like you know, like some very small details. I feel like they could have done them a little bit better, but like overall it, it feels like it's a good evolution of the music app. I don't actually use the music app, but I think if designers can use that as an inspiration to use type more in their apps, that would probably be nice. Yeah, I think where it was most interesting for me was in the news app. I'm excited to check out the news app and see how they did the type there. Because there, it's really, you know, the type is really important because you're doing a lot of reading, skimming. So I'm interested to see how that works in action. And I used the music app for a little while. I I used the, like, three-month trial they gave last year, I guess. But I found it to be a little clunky, the interaction there. Uh, So I stopped. And the same thing with the news, but I think 
it might be i don't know i think it's going to be worth checking out just just for the interface alone yeah the thing that i'm most excited about were the designs of the new notifications yeah a lot of interesting stuff yeah i think they got a lot of that interaction it seems like they got a lot of it right like taking basically what they had with the was it pop and peak peak and pop yeah and being able to do a lot of things just from the notification screen yeah it's it's basically like providing a window into your app without actually having to open the app right i think people were wanted this for a very long time like widgets sort of and i feel like this is apple's answer to that like this is how we see widgets yeah that and the the today view on the phone I think both got an upgrade. Yeah, so the today view is not new, but like the widgets now, they can appear in more contexts than just the today mm-hmm. view. So you can have it in the today view, but also you can have it when you do the uh, peak, like when you do force touch on, on devices that have that, you can actually see the widget before opening the app. And also in Siri as well, so you can have... Uh, widgets as part of uh the ui and in the lock screen i guess so yeah like the app will have more places where you can actually interact with it outside of the actual app yep i think that's a good thing i think overall my biggest complaint is that apple still like doesn't address design as a thing and I that like every year I just wonder like why that is the case. They often talk about designers as the guy who hands you the assets and and is very grumpy about measurements. And this is like the stereotype that they keep portraying every year of the designer. Did they do that during the keynote? Especially you can see it when they do like demos and they probably didn't do it during the keynote. During the keynote, the thing that caught my attention is that they had this slide with only one word in it, developers. And Tim Cook was like, yeah, developers are what makes our platform awesome. But he didn't mention designers. And maybe he lumps developers and designers. I don't know. I feel like Apple always talks to developers, never to designers. And I don't like that. I feel like they, they should probably show that they're doing things in a way that's different from the old way of doing things. Currently, the workflow they want, or at least the one they seem to push for based on everything they say and everything they they demo, is a waterfall process where the designer sends the specs and the assets and the developer implements them. And they talk about developers as people who don't get get design. So I just took some notes yesterday from State of the Union and he was saying things like, so the designers sent me these assets. He wants this to be this. So I will need to make this happen sort of thing. Where as if the designer is not even involved in that process. And the same thing goes for like, they never mention designer like the word designers almost never come in a in a good context in a wwdc session or keynote it's always those other people who are not in this room who are doing their thing in in photoshop and who send you like zip files with final final in the file name 
<laughs> I think I would agree with you on the point that that carries through to Swift, right? Like the Swift itself is not very designer friendly. At ThoughtBot, we have designers that implement and it, there's a bigger barrier between implementing design in iOS versus implementing design in you know, HTML and CSS. Yes and no. I don't think Swift is the problem here. It's more like Coco is, it's complex compared to uh, the way like web works. And mm -hmm. I think Swift is actually easier to use than Objective-C, for instance. I think the problem is not the tools. I think it's the way they communicate and the way they document and the way they they actually deliver them are super not designer friendly. Do you think that that's the way that they work? I think, it, yeah, Apple? I think exactly that's where it's coming from. It's just a manifestation of their internal culture. I think their designers are live and breathe Photoshop and they don't care about code. I might be wrong, and if, if you think I am, please let me know, especially if you work at Apple. But I, my feeling is that graphic designers at Apple are just that, graphic designers. And I feel like all the tools they make serve that sort of like workflow. And the industry as a whole kind of follows that as well. So it's like a vicious cycle. Like Apple doesn't care that much to get designers involved and the industry doesn't do much as well. So, yeah. And we end up in this situation where designers who want to learn, they have to actually do a lot more than, say, a developer who wants to get into iOS. Not to say that designers are like less intelligent or anything like that, but the language used definitely does not address designers just the way documentation, for instance, is organized, it's organized from a developer perspective, not a designer's perspective. And I'm not sure like what's going to be the trigger for them to change. Probably they will never change and things will just continue to be the way they are. But at the same time, I feel like this feeling I have every year, I, I have the same feeling. And every year, at first I was just, ah, uh, I was not sure. I was thinking it's just me who actually like thinks this but every year i feel like i have more proof that actually apple works in a way that i don't think is the best way to build software and i saw a few people on twitter also saying that like basically saying where are designers in all of this where do they fit so yeah apple keeps that question unanswered this year I was kind of hoping this year would be a year where they come out and say, hey, Xcode 8 is going to have this design mode where you can do a bunch of stuff that you weren't able to do before and it would allow a lot of people who are not developers to jump in. But this is clearly not the year. I mean, they, they did a lot of improvements to Interface Builder, but it's still a tool that only works if you understand the underlying concepts. Yeah. It's an interface to something complex and you need to understand the complex part before you use it, which is not what GUIs typically are good at. GUIs are, are good at making something complex appear simple. 
And I feel Xcode or specifically Interface Builder is is failing at that for the most part. Yeah, I mean, that, that all is a shame. Part of me wonders if Apple's just making an assumption on how designers work. And I don't understand how they would be able to do the product design piece of this without designers that have a better encompassing knowledge of how code works. Unless, I guess I'd be really interested to see how they figure out how to build new features for iOS or for watchOS or even for, I guess it's now macOS. Yeah. How they arrive at, at what's going to be built next and do they have product managers that are doing that and like what's their background? Are designers just there to like once it's built make it look good and if that's the case are, are they pushing that on designers and developers instead or are they making like an assumption that that this is how you know we think most people are working yeah i, I mean you can't know from outside honestly i can't say that that's probably how they work because i might be wrong yeah but what i can say is that they're not helping with changing the status quo there are some actually couple of things that i think would help or actually that they did with another intent but they can also sort of like make it more accessible for people to get into developing or designing for ios and that's uh talking about playgrounds on on ipad and uh they redesigned the documentation for the SDK. The latter is not a big deal, but I think I checked it earlier and it looks a lot easier to read and to follow than the old documentation. But more importantly, the uh, Swift Playground on, on iPad. I think that's actually a big deal because it's it's a lot more interactive than what we get for Mac. And it seems a lot more playful as well. So it might help get some people started who don't know exactly where to start. Yeah, I think that looks super interesting from a standpoint of getting off the ground with Swift or getting off the ground with programming. And it makes at least what we do as like a we build applications kind of thing, it makes it more in the forefront of what people know and see. Because I assume a lot of people just imagine that these apps just kind of like appear and they don't understand that there's work behind them. Right. So I think Apple releasing something that's educational and for the iPad will certainly increase visibility to what we actually do. I'm interested to play around with it. I'm interested to like have my, my daughter play around with it and see there are already apps just like that, that are, a nice introduction to core programming concepts and they're like the same kind of thing that I saw in the keynote, which is like you have a character and you can, by doing loops or methods, you can like interact with the character and she actually loves that app and it's a nice way for her to get involved at a young age. Right. I don't know if like the answer or what you're suggesting is like, I don't think it's it's a good way for designers to like jump in or I don't see it as a way for designers to jump into Swift. Why? Why Why not? 
I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I have to actually see it first. I think you haven't seen all the things that you can do with it. So there's the gamified part, but there's also like you can just open a new playground, an iPad, and just start building a UI or a custom button or whatever. I think that's really powerful. You can do that on Mac as well, but it's a lot limited because you're not running on an iOS device. So you still, the mouse is still your main interaction point with the UI. But on the iPad, you are actually building a fully interactive app. So if you put a button, you can actually tap that button. You can drag things around with your fingers. You can do have like multi-touch. You can do a lot of things. Uh, I think that's... At what point does that playground turn into an actual app builder then? I guess, or an interface builder. I guess whatever code you have there is already ready to be used. Maybe it's not going to be useful for like layouts because doing layouts in code is really not that optimized. But you can use it for like, I want to experiment with colors or I want to try these, like create this custom like slider or this custom UI thing. So it's it's good in that sense. It's also good in the sense that you can use it as a, uh, you can distribute the lessons you create. I think maybe not at launch, but later. But at any rate, you can actually share what you create. Understand that what you mean by the game you have to play, the one they showed, that one is mostly for introducing people to programming concepts, not really to iOS. But I can also see that being used for learning how to implement your designs in in iOS. Yeah. The thing is, there is no shortcut and you will have to learn the same amount of things regardless of which way you approach them. So you can either read a book or look at examples or whatnot, but you will still have to learn a a number of things before you, you feel you're comfortable to start implementing your UI. I'm not saying what like the playgrounds are, you know, going to solve all the problems, but I think it's a good learning tool. Yeah. Even the ones we like, you know, you can run in your Mac. I think they're they're really good to learn. Yeah, beside that, I was pretty happy with the features they introduced and also a lot of new APIs. I'm not sure I'm going to use any of those, but it's good to know that other developers will be able to use them and as a user, you'll be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, I think overall it was it was a good keynote and a, a good balance of new things and improved things. Because like the thing I usually don't want is a bunch of new broken things. I think this is more in line with the philosophy of iterative design yep. and development. Yeah, no, I think... From the design side, they made a bunch of slight improvements overall. I do think the one big announcement that they had for watchOS was speed. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's that's going to be really awesome. Yeah, I feel like this is what watchOS should have been (laughs) from day one. (laughs) Probably. And they made a bunch of smaller design improvements to watchOS, but I, I think the big thing there was again speed and to me that that is more than acceptable like i'd rather like you said i'd rather have speed improvements on the watch os right now than awesome new features yeah the one place where they didn't do that and i feel like they added a bunch of things that i'll either never use or cringe when i do see them are a lot of the features in messages yeah 
So I'll be interested to see like how those are used by people other than me. <laughs> I'm excited about the custom stickers. I always wanted to have my own sticker set and uh, I never, I wanted to create one for Line, but Line is not very popular outside of Asia. So I was like, ah, I'm not going to do it, but I think I'm going to do it for messages. So that's going to be my, my vacation project probably vacation project yeah the, the things that are i think are going to bother me are <laughs> how the message bubbles animate in yeah i don't think people will use that that much not us anyway <laughs> the background things a lot of this stuff is like i think they're taking things from snapchat and whatsapp and integrating them into the actual messages yeah this but but that's what, <laughs> what like a lot of people were complaining about. But there's also a ton of people out there that are probably like really excited about these features. Is, oh, yeah. Uh, Millennials are super excited about this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I might not use all of those features. Like a lot of them are superfluous as far as I'm concerned. But there are some good things I would probably use. Oh, I was yesterday I actually shouted when they announced that in messages now you can actually preview links because that's one of my biggest issues with messages is that you don't know what's behind the link mm -hmm. so the moment he started talking about messages i was just saying repeatedly link preview link preview link preview <laughs> and, and we were watching this as a group and everyone was like looking at me like a weirdo and then when he announced it, I just, I stood up and I, I just like screamed. <laughs> <laughs> that was the biggest announcement for me, really. <laughs> Link preview and messages. Well, it's the little details that matter. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think two of the bigger updates are in Safari. You can now press and hold and you can close all your Safari windows at once in iOS. Hmm, I haven't seen that. And then there was one other small thing oh you can do it for notifications as well so you can hit the close button mm -hmm. longer and you will get clear all notifications yeah you can do it now as well but no i think now you do it per day in ios 9 but in ios 10 it's going to be like you can clear all of them i think but yeah i mean these little annoyances because the thing is these things they annoy you every day so <laughs> so if you just sum up all the seconds you will save and the frustration like the the small amounts of frustration that you will get rid of every day that's going to add up to a big blob of happiness <laughs> this, yeah it's it's big awesome blob of happiness yeah big blob of happiness until someone sends you the replace with emoji and, and they just have a full sentence with emojis. That one is actually fine. You know what really I don't like <laughs> in the new messages? I like these animated backgrounds. They look ugly. It's they not even awful. They look but ugly. Again, and those are things that we probably oh, aren't the right people to use. No, no, it's, no, no, no. That aside, as a designer, <laughs> if I was put on this project, I would not let those through. <laughs> they look ugly. It's not a matter of uh, we want to have the millennials use this. It's more like, go do that again, because that's this is just terrible. They had one of the fireworks, and they had one with a balloon, 
and backgrounds the other one like some... in chat apps always look ugly. There, no, there is well, no way well, for you to make a good-looking mm, background. I, I, I would, I, I would, challenge you. I would argue that it's possible. Like, if you have a very like subtle pattern, or like, people don't they, want subtle. WhatsApp does that, and Telegram they have this very like subtle pattern that you can use, and it it works fine. I mean, it doesn't you can also like remove it, but these are animated and full screen and also they blur the text or they make the text unreadable and they just look terrible they actually remind me of like um what was it called actually my they remind me of myspace pages <laughs> that sort of ugliness it's but just people like that kind of ugliness no i don't not you I, don't but i understand that people like it but what i'm saying is that that's not apple this is something i would see from microsoft or yeah. even Google at this point won't do something that ugly. And I think that's pretty bad as far as Apple is concerned. This is not clean. The, you know, remember when they, they showed uh, Game Center the first time? with well, Actually, Game Center is still ugly with all those <laughs> bubbles. That kind of ugly. It's, it's uh, sort of they trying to make it look cool and playful. But they just ended up making it look kitsch and and polished and also it's not accessible none of that stuff is accessible all those effects mm -hmm. they don't look good so yeah that's my only gripe with the new messages are those silly background effects the other stuff i can live with i mean if i know someone who will abuse those i will probably block them yeah but <laughs> just tell them to stop right yeah i still have a lot to Obviously, like the week just started and every day they had like, I don't know, like eight, ten sessions. I obviously won't be able to watch all of them, but I will try to watch as much as I can this week. So to your point about design, like how many of these sessions are about design as opposed to... I think this year they have a design category, which is a... I'm not sure. I think it's not new. I think they had that before, but I feel like this year they have five sessions that are purely design. I might be wrong on the numbers here, but I am pretty sure they have a design category. So obviously all designers should watch those. But the thing is, a lot of sessions that are not labeled design are extremely relevant for designers. Typically the ones where they talk about typography, the ones where they talk about layout stuff, the ones they talk about stuff. accessibility... All of those typically are good to watch. So what I'm thinking of doing is actually watching as much as I can this week and I'll compile a list of things relevant to designers, just like what I did last year. Mm -hmm. Except I'll try to do it as the conference goes. Because last year I just waited until everything was over and then I tried to, to do you that. Should, which you should post that on our blog so we can link to well, it. I, post, I think I posted it on Robots last year. Nice. And I will do the same this year. When you said accessibility, it reminded me of the other new Safari feature on iOS that I'm really excited about. And that's when, if someone sets the website to, uh, was it user scalable none or zero, hmm. they're forcing the, the fact that you can still zoom in. Zoom in. That's interesting. I haven't seen this. Where, where have you seen these uh, Safari changes? On Twitter. Someone was posting them. I see. I'm pretty sure they didn't talk about them specifically, but they have like this session of like what's new in WebKit and Safari. So that one actually is also really good for designers. The thing though is that like WebKit has been a lot more open. 
recently with their blog posts and and uh, the Safari technology preview. So mm-hmm. like as far as CSS advancements and that sort of stuff, we already know what's coming. But it's good to watch those nonetheless because they have a lot of these small tidbits like like the one you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to pull a list of um of the sessions here that I had marked as this will go out after so it'll uh, yeah, probably it go, be best to, we'll, we'll link to you'll write another blog post i'm pushing this on you and we'll link to that in the show notes yeah i was going to anyway so they have <laughs> they actually have a category for design so like topics for instance is inclusive app design i think this is really interesting i think this is worth watching they have one called D- designing for tvos typography and fonts designing great apple watch experiences that would be uh, those, these are these are all the ones that are actually labeled design and then as i said there are a lot of sessions that are not labeled design but are actually good to watch actually friday they have one called iterative ui design so there you go hmm. that could be actually what we talked about in this episode we'll probably still talk about this next week as a lot of these sessions happen and and we have a, a better idea of uh the content of each yeah but yeah i think uh we're about time so yes this was episode 28 of tentative your favorite design podcast you can find the show notes <laughs> at tentative.fm slash 28 also follow us on twitter at tentative fm one word or send us your feedback at hosts at tentative.fm You can rate us on iTunes and I hope you enjoyed this episode.